All right, welcome to another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas. I'm Nathan. This is Jeff. We're going to be getting deep. I'm going to be Uh-oh. eating crow and eating shit and watching shit. So we're, we must be reviewing Rob Zombie. Hey, it's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. You've got to be fucking kidding. Lick my plate, you dog dick. Those that have listened to the show long enough know that I have a certain uh, dislike and disdain for Rob Zombie. I I think that might change. Um, what like uh, uh, musically, film wise? No, like- I I always enjoyed White Zombie, and I I enjoyed when he splintered off and did his own thing. And I even I even liked Power Man Five Thousand. I think that was was it his nephew. Yeah, something. Like uh, not not bad, but um, it, it was. I think I was more pissed off that he kind of got a free ride, you know, because of his stardom, he now could direct a movie, which I didn't mind. I was interested in seeing what he could do. And then he did, you know, house of a thousand corpses. Now when at the time of seeing it, I remember not being, I remember not being overly overwhelmed by it or underwhelmed. It was just kind of like a flatline shit movie. What do you mean free ride? You think like his stardom gave him the opportunity? Yeah. But, but he did prove himself because he did a lot of his music videos. He did the, I, I think he did, so. He did the Beavis and Butthead thing. So I'm going to be eating crow a lot on this episode, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Young Nate, like, when did you first Shit. notice Rob or White Zombie? Oh, White Zombie. Fuck, dude. Um, ooh. Uh, more human like, than human. Um, I got into him because I think... Beavis and Butthead, I think when they used to come out on MTV, they played one of their videos, and it was just like that crunch of the zombie guitar and the way their their video ad, uh, aesthetics were. It was just like, wow, like young Jeff was just like, whoa, this is fucking awesome. And then uh, I bought this old, uh, I had a, a Panasonic 3DO, old game system, and there was this fucking game called uh, Way of the Warrior, and the soundtrack was literally songs off of uh, Less Sexaristo. Uh, which is the first white zombie album or more mainstream white zombie album because they did a lot of uh, smaller albums that were never really more indie. But this one had like Thunder Kiss 65 and uh, yeah, that's the uh, song. Soul Crusher and stuff like that. It was just like some really fucking awesome tunes. Uh, Welcome to Planet Motherfucker, you know, shit like that. And when you listen to that album, it just had like a big, it just put a stamp on me. And uh, seeing them as I got older in my younger uh, concert going years and then uh, when the second album dropped, it was just like, fuck yeah, this band is just like, man, they just kick ass and take, you know, you know, they don't take shit. And they're just awesome. And they started gaining the respect of like Alice Cooper and Ozzy when they got Black Sabbath back together and stuff like that. So it was always cool to kind of ride that wave of what Zombie kind of got me more into. I- I'm hoping for something. Cause yeah. Because I mean, known as Rob Zombie and you, you're doing this movie that you remember the trailer. I'm sure we've talked about it before where it was like hailed as 
you know, yeah. being banned in 27 countries, like the scariest movie of all time. Really, that was just a marketing mechanism. Yeah. And that pissed but, me off. <laughs> but the main thing was like the growing of him was like the abuse of what he do America. He did that awesome trip out in a, uh, scene with the animation it was all Rob yeah. Zombie. Rad. And, and Rad him working fuck. with Mike Judge, it was like, fuck, is like the next thing he's going to do, is it going to be an animation film? So when it was a feature length horror film, I was kind of like, yeah, dude, this could be pretty fucking dark and rad. But uh, yeah, when I actually fucking sat down to see the film, it was, uh, it's not what I wanted and not what I expected. It's, it's funny to reflect. So like I said, listeners have listened to us for a long fucking time. I've always talked shit on Rob Zombie since day one of this podcast. Um, it, I don't know if it's because I'm jaded <laughs> or I've seen a lot of fucking bad horror movies, but you know, I kind of, I find, I find him in that sweet mix now having to revisit him. And, and the thing that kicked it off was three from hell really, because gotcha. three from hell, I had fucking fun in. And I honestly think that's his, one of his best movies. Um, gotcha. but that like kind of sent me back to go look at what shit I've been talking and, or it's like these movies would fit so well in the early cinemas, like the, the Waverly theater and midnight movies, like at the Elgin and all that shit, which Rob Zombie was a part of. He lived in New York. So this falls like in that sweet realm of, you know, you either love it or you hate it shit, which is yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is uh, uh pink flamingos, which is uh fucking eraser head and all those fucking cool midnight cult films. That's where I think he means to s- step into and stay. I didn't realize that at first. I don't think about him. So that's kind of my epiphany as of late. <laughs> don't think too hard. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, I keep going back to like uh, Larry Cohen, you know, mm-hmm. with It's Alive and stuff like that, or Q, the serpent, winged serpent and stuff like that. It's like he made be schlock to some extent, but there's still really good films like Basket Case and stuff like that that came out. But the thing about Rob Zombie is like, some of his cinematography is goddamn it's tarantino death proof you know it's tarantino-esque yeah where he's got a fucking solid eye or he knows how he knows his vision he picks the right dp and he gets some solid shots i understand the 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 kooky scripts and the character work can be kind of out there just overwritten it's just overwritten but i think somewhere in a person if you're not this you know uh chipper chapper cinephile you're gonna have fun when you go to his films yeah you know yeah. you're not gonna sit there with your legs crossed and you know your thinking cap on watching you know uh fucking midsummer or some shit you know or watching lighthouse going oh yes the theologian in me remembers uh that greek mythology story that proclaims the uh the, <laughs> the rising of atheists yes, and, yes. and the the following of the western sea and the you know the communist nation i'll slap the shit out of you it's like who gives a fuck i want to have fun <laughs> I go see a zombie film if I want to fucking have something that's visually and fucking mentally, intellectually, like, fucking stimulating. Yeah, I'll go see Lighthouse. Right. Or I'll go see Midsummer. And that's what I've always kind of held cinema up to. You know, and that's why uh, I don't ever think of horror as as shit. You know, I never will. I mean, everything has an art quality to it. But it's but it's it's a fine line because it's one of my favorite, you know, it's one of my favorite genres. It's not the only genre I live by. But it's it's fun to realize it took me a while to realize where he was and it really was like 
rewatching some of these old midnight movies recently. Maybe that's yeah. what opened it up. But something has lightened me up on him. And I think it's because he falls into that sweet niche, like that early 70s grindhouse, like you said, eraser, yeah. eraser hand, brain, basket case, and all that shit. I hate to live in a world where we don't have a Rob Zombie. Correct. Like, correct. Because like, if we, the way we are in this cancel fucking generation, I hate to see if like our horror films didn't have a hint of racism, <gasps> a hint of sexism. Repent! Right. It's like if you remove that from horror films. I'm not saying you have to like choke everybody with overabundance, which tends to be zombies' failure, or if he does have a failure. But you know, can you I imagine think... if they went back to Raging Bull and erased all the fucking inwards? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's say your Scream Factory Friday Thirteenth set came with zero nudity. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. No, no, no sexuality. You know, no sexual. No, you know. Say Halloween one. Every time totally is said, five minutes is cut out of the film. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, no. It it's work? not going to. Yeah. And let's, let, let's not have the black guy die first. You know, it's like, oh, no. It's like, you, you, you're, you're removing the cliche. You're, you know, we're not saying you got to shy away from it. But no, we evolve from it. We find new ways to play with that jigsaw puzzle. That's why we have things like Get Out and Us, and we've uh, elevated things to, like we just said, like Midsummer and Hereditary. It's like, dude, we are inspired to bring our likes into the play, and what Zombie Light, he's brought into play. And he's fed that fucking missing market that's been waiting for, hey, why doesn't people make things like Tremors anymore? Because uh, they don't make a buck on them. Well, thank God Rob Zombie puts out these slasher monster flicks, because... Like, where would we be without him? Like, I mean, really? You got to appreciate that. Yeah, that's something I just never really realized about the guy. I was just like, and I think maybe that's in part because uh, Devil's Rejects became, it was before Halloween, right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's because Devil's Rejects didn't sit well with me either because at that time it was very crass. Now, keep in mind, I'd already seen movies like Pink Flamingo and I fucking hated them. But then, as you explore mid what the midnight movie craze is, I mean, some of the greatest movies of all time fall into that category. It's literally another way of saying indie or super low budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, uh, I, like I, I don't know. Like, movies that used to bother me, I super in, enjoy now. One of them we were just talking about today was uh, that WNUF special... Halloween oh, yeah. special just fell on shutter. Yeah, yeah, it went on shutter. It, I watched that the other day and I fucking laughed so hard because it was just like it was just a good, honest attempt at fun. And, and it's 2013, and they did something like that. And that's something that you have to keep in mind with Rob Zombie. Are these award-winning movies? No. Are they fucking over dramatic, great special effects? No. Well, what are they? I could categorize them as fun, just like you would categorize The Fly or. Texas Chainsaw or uh, Cry Baby or any of these movies that are just weird, like fun movies to you. It, there's yeah. an audience for it. Rob Zombie knows that audience. He was a part of that audience in the late seventies in New York. So it makes sense. That's his niche. You know, Tarantino grew up on uh, Kung Fu Westerns. Yeah. Every single one of his movies is technically a Kung Fu Western. <laughs> you yeah. Think about but it. if you, but if you say, let's watch a cool double feature, you can say, let's put, from Dust Till Dawn with any zombie movie, and you'd be right at home. Yeah. Let's put Death Proof with any Rob Zombie movie, and you'd be right at home yeah. with Sorry. that similar feel and genre. Right, and you've got a good example there of a polished grindhouse, which is Robert Rodriguez. He likes his films look very clean. 
Yeah. I mean, as clean as it was at that time. You know? Yeah, and Tarantino's yeah. Uh, dialogue in that is sharp as shit. You right. Know? It's awesome. So you got the clean, polished grindhouse want, and then you actually have a guy who just is winging it, kind of, essentially. He's <laughs> just like, hey, I got a couple of people I like to use. My wife is always going to be in this. I'm always going to write and direct it. Well, to like jump forward real fast, like the last film I think he just did was 31. Uh, I just was watching like a there's like a four hour documentary on the 31 Blu-ray, and it's about the making of that. Like, what have you ever done that was significant in 22 days? Well, this guy made a fucking 31 in 22 days. Like he went and just shot that. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like whatever the fuck I was throwing at that film, saying I don't like that, I don't like that. Why the fuck does that look like that? It was like. Yeah, he threw that together in 22 days. Yeah, you have to step back and look and you're at like, that shit. Wow, like that's awesome, dude. And like, and but you don't even have to make the excuse because that is the style he has been going for his entire career. I never realized that he grew up in that. That was yeah. his culture, the metal, the weirdos of New York. Like that was his thing. Not, yeah, like when you think of the like the. I hope people don't think of midnight movies as a disco because it was where the fucking potheads and punk rockers and metalheads would go and throw popcorn for two hours. I mean, like, there's a documentary about it. Not too... Ah, fuck, I forget. It was called Midnight Movies. I think it was on Shutter, But it was uh, it was really cool. To, it, like, had, like, footage in these theaters of people, how they acted. And it's kind of, as us as horror fans, what we wished every horror movie was. You know, everybody <laughs> participating and having a fucking blast. Yeah. Like Rocky Horror Picture Show, you're throwing right. I mean, throwing the popcorn at a certain point. My head used to swim from the perfume I smell. My hands kind of fumble with the wet plastic bell. My taste of baby pink lipstick and that's when I nail. She whispered in my ear tonight she really was mine. Get back and run, put some hair on her body, holler and sing. And it's very last song with their arms around you, baby. Try to sing along. If you sit in your seat during the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you need to go to the next theater over for Parenthood yeah. or like whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Father, Father, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. There you go. Go see that. It's actually a funny movie. Yes. <laughs> but you dance. You. These are movies you cheer along with. It's an experience. You know, the guy next to you is just as happy and fucked up to be watching the sinister gore that zombies putting on the screen. And the dark parts are scary, and we all love the fucking cool country song as, like, the 30-minute fucking pan away <laughs> from the gunshot to the cop's head, you know? It's like, let's just relish this cop being blown the fuck away for a good three <laughs> fucking minutes, you know? Let's just enjoy this moment. Kadoosh, you know? And it's like, boom. It's like, fucking dude, dude, it, A. It's so funny that he does it. Like, I always thought of it as, oh, too much, dude. Like, dude really i finally had an epiphany because i actually three from hell i've been enjoying i've actually ever since it's been on shutter i think i've watched it three times that's oh, nice. more than any other rob zombie movie that i've seen other than halloween you are as delusional as fucking ever what's funny is like <laughs> from me watching all these films it's like i never thought house of a thousand courses would become important for me but after watching uh devil's rejects and three from hell house has kind of become my one flew over the cuckoo's nest and and fucking uh what do you call it and uh devil's rejects has kind of become my natural born killers <laughs> oh my natural born killers and then now three from hell is almost like uh fear and loathing in las vegas you know it's like this cool way of seeing this experience with the firefight family family that's just fun you know you get this certain circle in part one 
you get this tighter circle that's even more fucking violent in part two. And in part three, it's just like Richard Brake comes in and just throws the fucking, you know, opens the window and throws you out, you know, you know, kicks open the door and throws you out the window kind of shit. Thankfully, awesome. they had a good surprise in Richard Brake for that movie because I don't think anybody else could have done it. Oh, no. With I, Sid Haig passing and being so sick during that, I think Richard Brake was like, yeah. man, that was awesome. But that is like the, the key part of these movies is Sid Haig. And fucking uh, that is uh, uh, the yin and yang, dude. Those two together. <laughs> Bill Mosley and, and fucking uh, I'm spacing names. Uh, I just uh, said, hey, Richard, thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, dude. Like those two. Anytime they were on screen, it was fun. I always oh, miss that. I always missed that part of it because I was always so just focused on hating Cherry Moon and the uh, like. Chris Hardwick. Hey, okay. I had a question for you. <laughs> did, they, did the timeline? Did he fuck up the timeline because he didn't have a trilogy plan? Was there a cell phone in House of a Thousand Corpses? I don't know. I never but, noticed it. Yeah. I, I, but it, like, rejects and then especially Three from Hell put like a pinpoint date on it. It's 1978. I, I don't remember that in House. I honestly think there was a cell phone. But anywho, Bill, if you're looking for like. Like I said, storytelling, just throw it out the window. These are for fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I went fucking stupid. I went try to, I tried to go, I tried to get Lighthouse on it or Hereditary on it and shit and be like, well, if Dr. Satan was the, the main, uh, the, you know, the creator in the, of the Fireflies and the, the dad of the Fireflies was that fucking gas mass minor mutant, does that mean the rest of the kids are offspring from Dr. Satan's experiment? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're thinking too much into it. It's like, fuck it. Just like, stop. Pump the brakes. I, I think I was asking you those questions. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's just. It wasn't uh, too long ago. I was a t- yeah. complete hater. You yeah. know, so, you know, so we're missing Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be just, here. <laughs> he's like, I don't. What are you talking about? No, I don't want to be there. No, fuck it. I got to work. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> what, what day are you off? Never. <laughs> and we're just talking about the Firefly movies. We haven't talked about his Halloween uh, one and two. Which again, I think people criticize way too hard. Oh, I think, I think after getting the Halloween reboot that we've recently got, um, or whatever you want to call it, the the re whatever the fuck you want to call it, I don't know. But the new ones that Blumhouse are putting out, two thousand eighteen, you're talking about. I yeah, I appreciate the shit out the of Rob reboot Zombies. requel. <laughs> God, it's like, but the Halloween that Rob Zombie gave us was like part one, part two. It is what it is. And I'm thankful we have it because we don't have that with maybe one other character. I think it was a kind of Leatherface kind of got like a little fun reboot where he kind of stands on its own. Because even Friday 13th, we had that cool different take on it, but we didn't get the legs it needed. Honestly, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one of the best remakes we've ever had, period. Yeah. Period. I mean, that's including John Carpenter's The Thing. Like, I I consider it that high. Dude, that... they didn't. I don't think he did what... What people I mean. people were expecting? You're, look, you're taking a classic Halloween. Okay, Halloween. Yes, it's not the first slasher. It's not the invention of the slasher, and it gets credited a lot of time for that. But what it was actually meant for was it was the first polished that they brought to the mainstream. That that's the truth. I mean, Texas Chainsaw was midnight movies. That's how it made its money, and then the mafia duplicated it and fucking ran it out. You know, yeah. whatever. But I mean. That was the thing with Halloween. You're taking pretty much Psycho. You know, you're, you're taking a classic 
and giving it to a guy who only knows how to do Grindhouse and not very well at that time. Like I said, uh, it, I don't like, know. Devil's Rejects already came out, so he had already did like his. But 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 that's a different style. You don't you know what I mean? Like that's a different style. You, know, which is a smart move. They wanted to take it in a new direction. Make and they it, did make it shocking. They did that. Did Rob Zombie overdo Halloween? Yeah, go back and listen to our Halloween review. I mean, you you know. Yeah, Jeff loved it. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff loved it. I I actually found new respect for Halloween too. I actually think Halloween two is superior. Um, because he was able, he, he was able to do his own thing with it. Yeah, but Halloween Halloween one is like the Wolverine, and like Halloween two <laughs> was like Logan. So right, it was like, yeah, right. of course you're gonna love part two better, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So what I consider with Halloween one is he had to follow the blueprint up until he did it. He said, "Fuck you, I'm doing my own thing," and I'm, he made fucking Logan back before Logan. Yeah, and <laughs> Halloween two, he was just like, "Oh, I get carte blanche. Here's a white horse. Here's this. Here's that. Fucking make no sense. Scream like a fool." Uh, pumpkins, music video. You know, I mean, (laughs) he made it his own thing and you can love it or hate it, but I enjoy that. It's fucking way different. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, they ruined the series. It's like, dude, no, you forgot six and eight. Yeah. We very much. You forgot six and eight. We, yeah. I'm going to say we, because I hate to throw blame on the producers, but we just lost grasp of what made Michael truly scary. And it was just funnel him, funnel him into anything. I think uh, H2O was the last good Halloween. And then after that, it's just kind of been shit until Rob Zombie. Yeah, well, yeah. got... It was resurre- Resurrection. That was... Yeah, garbage. So thank God for the reboot, right? Yeah, because I, mean... I was like, hey, you know what? I hate Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead. Like, passionately. I just dislike the shit of it. I rewatched it again, uncut and cut... And I, I appreciate now what he did was like, you know what? The same thing Leather, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot did, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Friday 13th. It's like, let's play with the same crayons. Let's just try to color outside some of the lines. And we'll do some things that are similar but different. And they've done it great in my eyes, you know? I mean, I, I want that Ash Williams character, but having that story that Fetty Alvarez presented in Evil Dead, it was fun. But what Rob set out to do with H1H2 for his reboot, it was like, you're expanding on these zombie characters. You're doing this script based on all these different circumstances. So he created a different Michael Myers, but still the boogeyman. So you have that evil to play with still, you know, that that Ahab chase, you know? Well, and if you think about it, all the remakes followed the exact same blueprint. I mean, look, Psycho, Psycho was exact... Shot almost, shot. almost exactly shot for shot remake. There was like a few extra, but then Texas Chainsaw Massacre was essentially the exact same story. Yeah, it was just updated, shot just with the, the cop, ju- the stuff with yeah. It was just more intense. The what, sheriff you know, shit, a lot more. Yeah, uh, the sheriff. Yeah, instead of the pig owner, store owner. Yeah, but then you look at what, and then you even look at Friday Thirteenth. That is essentially Friday Thirteenth one two three crammed into fucking one movie. Exactly. Yeah. You look at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It, yeah, is it a shot for shot garbage piece of shit? That's my vote. <laughs> they played that. They played that Fincher-esque twist with the uh, yeah, whole is no. he the uh, abuser they, or not? They had bad writers and bad designers. Right, and from people the hate. And people hate Psycho because it was shot for shot. Right, and I I appreciate it with different actors. Uh, granted, where they failed is it needed 
What what they failed in is the exact same thing Texas Chainsaw Massacre succeeded in is it, they updated the violence. They updated the scares. But I'm amazed that Psycho, even in 2020, has not been revisited and appreciated because I think that needs to be criterion. That's one of Gus Van Zant's greatest fucking... I'm glad he gave that to us because Psycho, Gus Van Zant's Psycho is like... The, it's awesome. Incredible. It's, it's incredible. incredible. Thank incredible. you. Because I'm sorry, I love Hitchcock. I love Hitchcocks, but I love the cocks. But <laughs> but no, no, the Psycho version is like, oh man, Gus Van Zandt's version of Psycho is awesome. Oh, I love it. I don't even know what to follow that up with. You just made it on air confession. I love Hitchcock. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. So. What Halloween one did that I think a lot of people weren't looking at, because again, these came out, it's ironic that these came out in order of their predecessors. I, I think that's very strange. I don't know if that was planned, design, or just fate, but Psycho came first, then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then Black Christmas, then fucking Halloween, then Friday, then fucking Nightmare. And then the remakes came out just like that. Do learning, we want to talk about learning the, from each other? Do but we want to talk about the, uh, th- the Fog remake? No. <laughs> we're, going, oh, man. we're going with the kings let's go with the kings the important ones okay oh man i'll give you a crisp a crisp 20 dollar bill if you can tell me the director who did the fog remake <sighs> i don't need a 20 <laughs> <laughs> keep your fucking money keep your fucking money i wouldn't know i really wouldn't know i saw that movie twice i gave it a maybe if i rewatch it now i'll appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not because that was garbage this is what Rob Zombie does right. His movies cost like fucking barely anything. Yeah, he got paid. He got paid for Devils. He got paid for Halloween. He got paid for H two. Whatever. He was doing Blumhouse pre Blumhouse. Exactly. It, his last four movies has cost less than three to six million. I think less than that. Okay, great. His yeah. Oh, they bombed. Dude, he doesn't need that. His following is enough for the fucking voodoo sales and everything else, where he's actually making good money. He's actually yeah. doing well. I mean, I'm sorry. You got to yeah. figure the licensing that he does to Shutter, to to fucking Netflix, to all you know, because he still owns these properties. Yeah, who gives a shit? I mean, he's making properties that the Firefly property makes money, the Halloween property makes money. He he really doesn't set himself. I don't think he sets himself up for failure though. He he aims at a budget that's modest enough to still have that freedom to do the final cut that he needs. He you know he hopes to do. Right. I mean, fucking thirty one was a limited. F- Three or five day release? Yeah, but be- between H one H two, he did. Uh, I think he did between them. Uh, Lord oh, Salem. Oh, oh yeah, he d- I forgot about Beastos. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only saw but no, uh, the Lords of Salem. I hate to break it to you, but there is no person in number five. Yeah, did that come out? Uh, two thousand came up. Nine was Halloween two, off the top of my head. But yeah, like but, yeah. You know, he at that time, I think with all the studio pressure of Halloween and all the backlash for him making it different, like he, that was like my point is he was making everybody was following a pattern. It was and after H Halloween two. Yeah, so was his next movie. Yeah. So two thousand nine was Halloween two, and then two thousand twelve was Lords of Salem. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that was one that I kind of skipped over. I watched. Dude, I, watched I watched it once. Slow, yeah. slow. I, All right, wish, I, I, I want to revisit it because, uh, you know, I think I should. When you I, spoke about having an epiphany, when I watched Lords of Salem, I had my epiphany, finally. Uh-huh. I did not like this film. It was, like you said, you nailed it, nailed it on the head. Fucking slow. I did not like it. All right, go watch uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. 
then go watch the reboot of Suspiria. Go watch Lords of Salem after that. In 2012, Rob Zombie gave us an American witch story that is very in the same vein of what Suspiria has been given to us. It's this girl who slowly falls into this coven situation and very reminiscent of that. I totally missed it. I fucking, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow or whatever the fuck they say. Cause that is a movie that I really appreciate now. Cause Lords of Salem is like, even with all the crazy imagery in the last five minutes, I still appreciate the arc of uh, Sherry Moon's character. I'm kind of glad she does it because it's not, um, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, Daniel Harris. It's not something I'm familiar with. Sherry, I'm not that comfortable with. I'm not that familiar with. And it keeps me interested, I guess. All the same actors from 31 and all these other films. You've seen them in all of Rob Zombie's ensemble shit. Uh, Ken Forey uh, from Dawn of the Dead comes out. And it's just a film that it has this pulse. Just like that fucking song from that Lord's record. And it just pushes you not down like a cool nightmare Salem witch story and I, I I'm happy with it now like I've, I've made my peace like I, I really really appreciate Lords of Salem now yeah I think dude uh, I think during that epiphany that you had is the exact same time that I well I mean not same with you but like I had it going into three from hell gotcha because I had a fucking blast in that where oh yeah where i look over you and ralph are asleep and my wife's like rolling her eyes I'm like, oh yeah i'm throwing popcorn I'm like, going yes. like <laughs> like this is fucking fun we had a huge popcorn fight we fucking like you know it's just that type of movie and that's when i realized what his work kind of was and started re you know like like you said had the epiphany so i really I, I really plan on going back and watching uh, Lords of Salem because I got like 45 minutes into it. It was like, fuck this. I watched it. I rewatched it. And then I watched it the next day with a commentary on. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like I found something. It was like finding something. Like it was like the first time you watched Dead and Buried again. It was like, wow, this is really, really fucking good movie that I just totally overlooked. And it's like maybe it's like when you listen to a tool album like Lateralis or Ten Thousand Days, like maybe your brain wasn't ready for it yet that that age, but when you come back to it, it's like you kind of evolve finally that you can actually ingest it and actually um pay it it's you know pay some respect to what it was. Well, yeah, I mean look, I remember when you contacted me and you were like, Hey man, like thirty one's coming out, you wanna go? Mm-hmm. It's only like this little limited three day event, and I was like, Fuck like I that at that time I was still peak hate Rob Zombie. You know, oh yeah, uh, come on, give me a fucking break. But I was like, you know, what, I'll go. And I tell you what, I, like I had not a, a, a moment for Rob Zombie, but I had a huge moment for fucking. That sounds Richard Break. Richard Break. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Break. I had dude. a huge, huge. He like no modesty. <laughs> no, seriously, that like I know this guy. Holy shit, this guy can fucking act his ass off like a creep. I fucking. You know, the script and movie are what the fuck they are, shit to me, but I need to go back and start seeing this guy for what he is. Oh, yeah. He's, and they shot their... I, I'm so thankful because that opened a huge door of a great actor for me. Like, like Richard Brake is fucking really good. <laughs> I enjoy him. Like, Mandy, small role, fucking great. Like, Oh, dude, go, uh, go watch the unrated version of uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock's fucking uh, Doom 
Yeah, the creepy. And Richard, Bra- oh, the creepy pedophile weirdo is like, <laughs> man, my idea of a good time in Thailand is a bottle of tequila and, and then, three fucking she males, <laughs> she boys. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's a day. <laughs> I was like, and that's a day. <laughs> that sounds like me at Texas Frightmare. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> you know what they say, Kimasabi? In hell, everybody loves popcorn. Dream fucking movie. All right. It's going to be uh, Richard Brake is a serial killer and you have to get fucking what's uh old old fucking bug-eyed fucking uh zed from fucking man uh superman movie uh what's his fucking uh mike michael shannon oh yeah I like michael, michael shannon, shannon is uh the fbi agent and and uh fucking richard breaks a serial killer and he's just like michael shannon's like oh we gotta we gotta catch this guy and this guy's out of his fucking mind you gotta we gotta catch him we gotta find him we gotta shake him down and uh, it's half <laughs> off margaritas at Chili's tonight. And it's just like, and then Richard Brake's like, oh, you little shit, I'm gonna fucking catch you and skin your cock like a banana. And you're like, oh, God, it's gonna be awesome, dude. It's gonna be fucking, that would be the film, man. I wanna see Michael Shannon versus Richard Brake. And that would just like, yeah. Just you got like, my just, money. And Blumhouse money, just throw it at it. There you go, Jeff, let's ride it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, so we scored the tickets. We had this fucking version, and for some reason, we went to the screening, and I don't know what the fuck happened. It took, like, an hour for them to download the fucking movie or some shit, and then it finally played. On, like, a fucking Wednesday, that dude. that was a fucking poop. <laughs> movie starts at 8. Prepare to watch it. I was like, oh, it's supposed to start at 8. Prepare to watch it at 9, though. It's like, fuck you. That was shitty. The thing you'll notice in Lords of Salem, it's a lot of uh, dolly shots and fixed angles, so everything looks really tight and smooth. And then on 31, a lot of that shit is fucking uh, Steadicam, and you know it's 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 free and it's moving. And at some points the, during some of the battles, it feels like fucking uh, Transformers or some shit because it's so the camera's so tight and, and the action's so fast. That it's just it's disorienting. So if there's anyone I, I have gone back to watch and I still have issues with, it's probably that one. Don't tell me that. Get some what? <laughs> Say that again. I mean, I haven't found what you know, like what film or what what thing is going to make me appreciate it yet. So I'm still having issues with that one film. What with Thirty One? Yes. Did you with say Thirty One? Oh yeah. No, dude. I, I like if the one takeaway from that is Richard Brake and what I do. Unfortunately for you. <laughs> I do real well. If you can appreciate yeah. him for what he's doing on screen, then you can kind of appreciate the movie. Look, I agree with you. There was parts in that movie that looked like it was filmed like in his living room with a purple light. I mean, it, it looked yep. cheap as fucking shit. In some sections, some, some of the costumes were pretty cool and some of the set designs were cool, but I mean, his choice for villains... Like the midget Hitler and shit. I was just like, what the fuck? But then again, yeah, you know, that's supposed to be what it is. <laughs> you know, of course it would be. Yeah, that. I mean he <laughs> he found out the actor was flute in Spanish, so he said, "Fuck, dude, like start doing some of his lines in Spanish. Let's just have fun with it." And like I said, that four-hour documentary. Uh, even if you buy it on iTunes, I believe you get the commentary and the uh, the long-ass uh, four-hour documentary, which is. Like and that that in itself is like like I love I love Rob Zombie always takes you to film school with some of his uh, films and I love that he does that with some of his projects. Thanks, baby. I had a really good time. From thirty one, I was like he, he's done. And the way he did the weird release with three from hell, I was like oh he's hurting. 
But honestly, what he did was very smart. You know, he marketed it for a limited release, and then, bam, made deals with Shudder and everybody else to fucking, you know, license them out. Very smart. Uh, I don't know if he's yeah. making a shit ton of money, but it's modest, you know, and he's doing the movies he loves. That's what John Waters survived years on. You know, that's what a lot of these, sh- you know, sl- schlocky directors thrive upon is, is this type of stuff. And we're starting to see that now with the COVID shit. It's like theaters are not showing everywhere. So films like Tenet and, you know, the next Daniel Craig fucking 007 is like there's not really a strong market for those films. But the market that is strong is for films like a zombie film where you can do a limited theatrical and then go VOD. And you know you're not going to be gambling huge with your box office numbers that need you to make, you know, to run equal and start making some profit. So, I mean, let's go ahead and some, I guess, sum up the band. Uh, you want to rock uh, Final Thoughts, Jeff? Yeah. Um, well, with the with great directors like Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, and stuff like that, that we've kind of grown to love, and Kevin Smith from the indie world, I, I think Zombie sits there, you know, in the in the bronze area of being totally established as somebody that we have to keep in mind. When we talk about some of the great directors that came out in the indie world that have kind of strived to do not just great, not great things, but definitely things that are like, we're only better for having some of his films exist. Uh, maybe it's your perfect fucking blend, or maybe it's just your, you know, you like it every now and then, you know, like a, you know, like dessert, you know, you, you, you know when to have it, you know when to not but uh, overall, his filmmaking techniques, he shows what people can do with budget. He's not shy about sharing how he, every film is a constant battle from beginning, middle to end. Uh, sometimes you get what you want, sometimes you don't. Uh, but a lot of the times, overall, he shows that hard work and dealing with just shitty situations can only help projects for the better, you know. Especially if you have Final Cut. At least your vision's there, and you can rest assured... What you shoot is what you get, and you better make the best of it. And he does, man. He does some really cool projects that I'm I'm just glad that we have. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, I've kind of come around to the Rob Zombie world where, look, I will never, ever say these films are great. <laughs> I'll never say that. But that's okay. I don't have to fucking say that. And I think that's the point of these type of movies. They don't care. This is what they like to see i think rob zombie said multiple times i i don't make movies for fans i do what i i want to see that's cool um so i think john carpenter said the same thing i think a lot of artists say that and that's how they break out and do their own thing rob zombie's films to me are not like overly achievable they're not great pieces of acting they're not fucking technical screenplays or fucking you know uh, solid stories even what they do have though in what we're talking about is rob zombie the man has a fucking eye for grindhouse and trying to achieve the look that he knows he's achieved that these movies are that and i think that's important whether you like it or not whether i like it or not whether ralph likes it or not or jeff likes it or not it (laughs) it doesn't really matter because there are people out there that do so, yeah, I, I mean, I got to commend the man uh, uh, and give him i I'm going to relax on him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going to relax on Rob Zombie. I get it now. I get it that I don't get it. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, Ralph, do you got anything to say? Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. Thank you, Ralph. Well said. Uh, I think with Rob Zombie, I, I think we said a lot of the titles that I would definitely recommend if you want to throw into your what to go with. Uh, I think fucking perfect films to write, write this fucking, this guy's work. Uh, sit down with Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. If you haven't revisited it in a while, cue it up, watch it. I think it's uh, it's the right mix of what I think a lot of zombies films kind of remind us that they could almost exist in their universe of what Mickey and Mallory would go see on a Saturday night. Um, of course, Terry Gilliam's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, that dirty grime, you almost feel every hotel room. You know, you feel every bathroom. You can almost smell it when you watch that film. It's an amazing piece of film. And then, uh, like I said, if you want to have fun, sit back with Death Proof. We watched that. And definitely Planet Terror, you know, the Grindhouse film that him and Rodriguez made is perfect. And then also, cue up the old fucking... Uh, uh, fucking sorry uh, from Dust of Dawn that's always a good one and for people forget that in Grindhouse one of the uh, fake little trailers within that original theatrical uh, print of Grindhouse was the uh, SS women you know versus the werewolf fucking Rob Zombie fucking trailer which is a you know fun classic little you know zombie fucking doing what he does best I agree with your pull of Robert Rodriguez 100% it's like you said, he's not the sharpest tack when it comes to writing a screenplay, but original story ideas, he has them. Right. Like, There's always been something that I've always wanted of Rob Zombie, but now I'm not even sure if I want that. I've always wanted, I've always said, hey man, let him get away from his people and, and, and fucking, you know, do an actual studio project where it's just his style of directing and his look of the film. I've always said I'd love to see that, but now I'm, now I'm not so sure. I'd like to just see Wait. him continue doing what he likes here's a good one all right we've seen Guillermo del Toro's Shape of Water I always wanted Tim Burton to do Creature of the Black Lagoon I would actually be 100% for Zombie doing a Creature from the Black Lagoon or like he's been trying to get since forever I think he even talks about in the Joe Rogan podcast that he was wanting to do the blob oh dude that's a perfect fucking movie for him Zombie doing the blob or fucking Creature from the Black Lagoon I think we're gonna get something special because he knows the lines to follow and hit and the creature. So what better place to put a man who has great love and respect for the horror genre than just to let, it, like, let him free in those those kind of uh, properties and just have fun. I would even I would even sign him the uh, like a Return of the Living Dead uh, reboot, you know? You know, it's funny you bring that up, Jeff, because I, I fucking had a thought. Because he did say he wanted to touch those old li- libraries. I-, I had a thought after watching The New Invisible Man. Can you imagine if Rob Zombie did The Invisible Man? How much fucking different that movie and more perverted and fucking grimy it would be rather oh, yeah. than how polished and clean it is, which wh- whatever you think of Invisible Man's your own thoughts, I personally think it's great. However, imagine a Rob Zombie land <laughs> Invisible Man. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It'd be fucking crazy as shit. Yeah, that's what it, you gotta expect with the man. You show me a Leigh Whannell script directed by Rob Zombie, 
<laughs> yeah, I, my ass is in the seat. You yeah. know, fucking day one. I, I want to see that. That would be great. Right. And now, what's would it bother what's funny you it, if Sherry Moon was the lead actress in it? No, uh, of I want to see what he's going to do. You know, I, I, I yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't sway me from watching it. But what's funny is like James uh, James Gunn used his girlfriend back in the day, uh, Jenna Fisher in Slither. What's wrong with putting Sherry in maybe not a leading role, but just a role? You know what I mean? Well, you know, like, why, got, I, I gotta say, she really impressed me in uh, Three from Hell. I think gotcha. that was her best portrayal of Baby Firefly. Gotcha. I love her in Salem. I, I again I haven't seen that one, but gotcha. I mean, yeah, I can understand all the hate because she's the Halloween and the White Horse and the fucking. I get it, but at the same time. Who fucking cares? Let her do yeah. her thing. It's not like if you pluck Sherry Moon out of these movies that the movies are going to get any better. They're designed to be this way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is when you watch Lords of Salem and you actually check out the producers at the end of the credits or the beginning of the credits, I forget, but Jason Blum was one of the producers for Lords of Salem. Oh, that's crazy. The connection's there. It just needs that. You know, we just need to throw a little little wood on that fire and get something going for Rob because man seeing him in the Blumhouse family would be great yeah and you hit it with the blob dude that'd be fucking great I want him to pick that project up man I think I, we I mean, need it even more than Creature from Black Lagoon the blob is a fucking excellent call and the only reason I keep pushing for Creature is because it hasn't been done I understand we got Shape of Water folks I really do but it's not Creature that is not Creature god damn it yeah <laughs> I don't like the Shape of Water I want a fucking goddamn good Creature yeah I, I, and Tim Burton would be a great poll, but again, nowadays, Tim Burton, it might end up like fucking uh, I know. Shape of Water. I was like, you know I, mean? I was there. It'd be too fantastical. Dude, I was day one, like, sitting there ass happy, fucking ready to go for Dark Shadows, and then, like, they kind of kicked me in my teeth a little bit. I was like, what? <laughs> I was really looking forward to what he was going to do with that property. And when I saw it, I was like, ah, you just. Now, okay, now, here, here's a good one. No Rob Zombie movie that I've seen was worse than that. There you go. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> I said it. At least Rob Zombie movies were fun. Yeah. They're shocking. They're whatever the fuck. That movie was just dull. I, All it had was a big-breasted lead actress that couldn't act for shit. Eva, that was Eva Green. Oh, yeah. That movie made me hate her, and I was in love with her from Casino Royale. I'll, I'll fall in love with Dark Shadows again. I just don't know when or you know how that's going to happen, but it will happen. <laughs> It won't. I won't let it. He'll he'll make he'll make something else, and it, it's just gonna make me like be happy that we have dark shadows. I'm not gonna let you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That might happen, <laughs> but I'll never allow you to say dark shadows is a good or entertaining flick. I can't do it, Jeff. I understand. This shit goes in on the internet. Only get one you, will be, not gonna you, you will be known as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes dark shadows? That guy. Kick his ass. <laughs> Oh, he's got a podcast? Fuck. Oh, man. The hate, the, hate mail, the hate mail just doubled. Oh, man. <laughs> so it really is just me and my mom listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, don't forget I'll be listening. <laughs> all right. Well, from all of us to all of you, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Wherever else you get your podcast mediums, that's where we're at. Join us on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. No, we don't have a Twitter. Instagram. Show us some nudes. <laughs> That's going to be really weird. Hey, hey by, hey, by the way, statistically more women listen to us than men. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Trust me, fella, that ain't the only thing I do with this mouth. Don't tell me that. Get some what? <laughs> Say that again. That's what we're trying to do. All right, I'm Nathan. This is Jeff. Keep it scary. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary. scary.